Learn how your individual gifts can build up the church today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. The key to understand the proper use of the gifts is that we always trumps over me. The corporate good is always higher than the personal experience. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also the president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. All of us have been given individual gifts and talents by God. And as we move forward into our series called Gifted, we're going to learn how we can use our gifting to build up the body of Christ. And Mark, as you said, it's more of a we mentality instead of a me mentality. You know, when we live in a very individualistic society, especially in America, to be honest with you, because we value individualism as a virtue. And there's some strength in that. But scripture over and over, and you're going to see today that we cannot be healthy followers of Jesus without fully and radically embracing community, the body of Christ, and understanding that we are part of something bigger. It's not about me. It's about us. Well, this is an important lesson for us to learn in the age in which we live, so let's jump right into today's message. Mark has called it Gifted to Build, and it starts right now. Here's the thing about our gifts. Everybody has a gift if you have the Holy Spirit. A spiritual gift is like a natural talent, but given to you when you're born again. Your natural talent is given to you at your birth. Your spiritual talent that's called spiritual gifts is given to you when you're born again. That gift is a unique ability to edify or touch the hearts of people around you. It's given to you not for you, but it's given to you for others. You have a spiritual gift. Now, here's the problem with gifts. A gift is a good thing, but if you don't know how to use it, it could be dangerous. A gift is a good thing, but if you don't know how to properly operate that gift, it can do damage to people. And so the Apostle Paul is talking to the church of Corinth that has all the gifts, all of the gifts. In fact, he says, you abound in all of the gifts. They had the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretations, the gift of word of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discernment of spirits, the gift of administration, the gift of exhortation. They had all of the gifts, but there seemed to be chaos at Corinth because although they had the gifts, they weren't always properly using the gifts. And so sometimes their gifts were doing more damage than good. And so the Apostle Paul speaks to them especially in this passage about two gifts that were competing with one another and two gifts that were being misused. One, the gift of tongues, and two, the gift of prophecy. Now, here's the thing. As individuals, we tend to swing to extremes, don't we? I don't know if you've ever seen the game called the ball maze game. Ever played this game? Who's ever played this game here? Yeah, so for those of you that can't see it on the screen listening audio, this is a box. You put a ball there and you have a maze that you have to go and you have knobs on the side. 
and the knob tilts one way or the other, and if if you tilt down, the ball starts rolling in that direction. Then you tilt the other way, the ball starts rolling. And you have to make your way through a maze without the ball falling in the hole. The problem is usually we tilt too much, and so the ball goes too far to an extreme. Or we tilt the other way, and it goes to the other extreme. It's kind of like life. Most of us, before we find balance, we're usually extremists. We go way far in this direction or way far in that direction before we find a adequate balance. Sometimes spiritually we're that way, right? Some of you that first started learning about God, you may have first learned about the love of God. So all you know is the love of God and, and, and you talk about the love of God and how God is a loving individual and accepting of everybody and no matter who you are or what you've done or where you've been, it's the love of God. But love without the understanding the justice of God is a little bit out of balance. Some of you, all you've heard about is the justice of God, the, the wrath of God, the discipline of God. And so if you camp just on the discipline and the justice of God, our God is a consuming fire, then you have a distorted view of God because God is love, but God is also just. And somewhere in the middle, a God full of love, but that also has justice is the proper view of God. When it comes to our spiritual gifts, the Apostle Paul is trying to explain that there has to be a proper balance in the way that we use our gifts. Another illustration would be a guitar. In my early days, I used to be a guitar player. Once in a while, I'll still pick it up. Everybody exits the room when I pick it up, but I still pick it up. And if you've played a guitar, you know that a string is attached to other si uh, both ex extreme opposite sides of the guitar and you tune the guitar before you play it. If you loosen the string too much, then, the, guitar, then the, the string becomes lower and lower and sounds terrible. If you tighten the string too much, the pitch goes higher and higher and becomes out of tune. So you have to find just the exact tension on that string so it's in harmony with the rest of the strings, and then it sounds perfect. So it is in our spiritual life. There's a lot of tensions between extremes in our life. And the Apostle Paul is talking about extremes when it comes to spiritual gifts. You can have a good thing and mess it up if you don't use it right. Hello? Some of you have been praying for a boyfriend. Oh, God, bring me that man of God. Oh, God, I need him now. I actually needed him yesterday, but now would do, Lord. And here's the thing. God could bring you that gift of a man of God, but how many of you know sometimes a good gift, if you don't know how to use it, you will mess it up. And, and God will give us a gift, but we can mess up the gift that God gives us unless we learn how to use it. God had given them their spiritual gifts, but they were not use, utilizing them properly, and so they were bringing damage to people's lives because they didn't know how to use their gifts the right way. So, the Apostle Paul explains to the believers that if they use their gifts the right way, the proper way, look what he says in verse 24 and 25 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul says, if you use the gifts the right way, it paves the way for God's presence. 
If an unbeliever comes in, they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. But if the gifts are used in the wrong way, people will come into your midst and they will run out of the church pretty quickly thinking these people are cuckoo. These people are nuts. I don't understand what's going on. So the gifts used the right way will attract and bring people into the presence of God. The gifts used the wrong way will repel and push people away from the presence of God. So the Apostle Paul begins to explain to these believers how to use their gifts properly. The big theme of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is this. Write this down. The key to understand the proper use of the gifts is that we always trumps over me. That we always wins over me. The corporate good is always higher than the personal experience. I'm going to unpackage that for you in just a second. Begin reading in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul, after speaking about the chapter of love, says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So we are to understand what love is and operate our gifts with the attitude of love and we are to eagerly desire to use and have our spiritual gifts. So it's a good thing to desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. For everyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries in the spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather you have prophecy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So the apostle Paul is contrasting two spiritual gifts. One is the gift of tongues and two is the gift of prophecy. Now, if you're new to the church or new to Christianity, you've probably never heard of tongues. But if you've been around Christianity for some time, you've heard of tongues and you've heard of prophecy. There is no more controversial gift in the body of Christ, I think, than the gift of tongues. For the last 40, 50, 60 years in America, the gift of tongues has divided churches, polarized churches, confused churches, some people have identified with it. Some people have rejected it. Some people say, if you don't have it, you're not a believer. Some people, if you say, if you have it, you're of the devil. Some churches call themselves, we're, we're, we're charismatic. Some churches say we're non-charismatic. And so it's a polarized uh, gifting, which is ironic because all the gifts of the Spirit were given for the edification of the body. So let me explain to you what these two gifts are, tongues and prophecy. Number one. Tongues is a type of prayer language that someone speaks to God, although they do not comprehend what they're saying, they don't understand what they're speaking, but it's a language that God places within them so that God understands, but they do not. That's tongues. Prophecy 
is a type of speaking to the church that involves foretelling and forthtelling. Many people believe that prophecy is just about predicting the future. It can involve predicting the future, but it's not exclusively about predicting the future because some prophetic words are simply about the present. It's God's word for this time at this season for this moment. Some of it involves the future. Some of it simply involves the present. But nonetheless, it's God speaking at this moment what people need to hear. So tongues, we, we see that in the beginning of the book of Acts, it tells us that Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14 through 16, he told his disciples that he had to leave so that who would come? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I must go so that the Holy Spirit or the Comforter, the Paraclete, the Counselor, the Helper could come. And Jesus, when Jesus left, only his disciples could have access to Jesus. But when Jesus left, he predicted that a day would come when the Holy Spirit would come upon all believers. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, and we're going to take a short pause in the message to let you know that boldstepsweekend.org is the online home of this program. From there, you can listen to any of our more than 200 messages. You can connect with Mark by email, subscribe to the podcast, and more. That's boldstepsweekend.org. Well, let's return to the second half of this message. We're going to learn more about the start of the church and the Holy Spirit. Our message is called Gifted to Build. Once again, here's Mark Job with Bold Steps Weekend. Short time after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, 120 believers were gathered together in an upper room. They happened to be gathered together in a feast called the Feast of Pentecost. They heard a sound from heaven like a roaring wind, almost like a hurricane-type wind or tornado was coming. And then suddenly, the Bible says, each one of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire came upon their head, and each of them spoke in a language that they did not understand, praising God and glorifying their Father who was in heaven. So all of a sudden, this 120 people started speaking in languages that they did not understand. They could not comprehend, but people around them could understand or comprehend, and they were glorifying the ways of God. It was a sign that was given in the Old Testament that the coming of the Holy Spirit, that would happen. Now, many scholars or theologians point to that occasion as the birth of what we now call the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit came, then suddenly we became the church. How does that work? Well, when the Holy Spirit came upon us, now you and I, we have inside of us the third person of the Godhead called the Holy Spirit. The mind of God, the power of God, the gifts of God, the discernment of God, the love of God, it's inside of each one of us. It's come to dwell in us. We don't have to ask for it. It is already inside of us. All the power of God, love of God, counsel of God, wisdom of God, all of that is already living inside of you. Where you go, you bring the manifest presence of God via the Holy Spirit. 
It's the Holy Spirit that coaches you, counsels you, instructs you, convicts you, empowers you, teaches you. The Holy Spirit coaches you. It's your inner living coach empowering you to become more like Jesus. Do you remember you, you, before you came to Christ, you used to do things and you could do it and it wouldn't bother you? And now you do it and you feel this like tinge of conviction, like, wow, I don't feel good. What is that? Some people say, well, it's my conscience. No, 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 no. You had a conscience before you came to Christ. It's not your conscience. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you. This is not who you are anymore. Oh, it may be who you used to be, but this isn't you anymore. No one had to give you a rule book explaining what a Christian was like. All you needed to receive is the Holy Spirit. And suddenly you intuitively know that certain things that you used to do are wrong and certain things are right, even though no one's told you why. Because the Holy Spirit is convicting you, teaching you, guiding you, counseling you, convicting you, empowering you, showing you, coaching you inside. It's this incredible gift given to the church called the Holy Spirit. Thank Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember how before you came to Christ, you used to read the word and just glaze over because you couldn't understand a word of what it was saying. And then when you became a believer, suddenly you started to understand, comprehend, not everything, but, but your eyes were opened. Who is that? It's the Holy Spirit giving you inner light that you did not understand before, coaching you and convicting you. And now each one of us here that are followers of Christ have the Holy Spirit inside of us. That Holy Spirit has connected us, to use technology term, wirelessly to one another. So that now that Holy Spirit in me connects with that Holy Spirit that's in that guy in the way in the back. And on a Sunday morning, he may come into church, sit in the back, not want anybody to see what he's going through, but yet his, the Holy Spirit that's in him speaks to the Holy Spirit that's in me. And suddenly I'm preaching about a verse and I'm up here speaking and I decide to get off course and talk about a verse that's about encouragement and not taking our life and that there's purpose and that God has something and that person feels like, wow, God spoke to me. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Why? I didn't know it. But the Holy Spirit in him spoke to the Holy Spirit in me to give him what he needed because we are connected via the Holy Spirit. It's a powerful thing. And so on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon us. That was the birthing of the church. And now each one of us has different gifts that minister to one another throughout the body of Christ. And the Apostle Paul is explaining to us that these gifts given by the Holy Spirit, they're called Holy Spirit gifts, are given to us for the edification of the body. The gift of tongues came upon the 120 that were gathered in the upper room. And it's, it's considered one of the gifts of the Spirit. Glossolalia, it's called. So when someone speaks in tongues, they are praying to God in a language that only God understands, but they do not in their mind understand what they're praying. That's called tongues. Prophecy is when someone speaks to the community a word from God that they need to hear. So 
Speaking in tongues is talking to God. Prophesying is speaking to the community. Speaking in tongues is building oneself up. Prophecy is building the community up. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Here's what the apostle Paul was saying. He was saying tongues is a great gift. It's a great gift because of that sense and feeling of the power of God that you're praying and you sense the the unction of God praying through you, but prophecy, when spoken in a gathering like this, is even more powerful because it edifies the people around you. In other words, we trumps me. Now let's look beyond just these gifts that it's talking about in this passage because I think there's greater application. In essence, what Paul is saying to them is that if you have a gift... You can't just ask yourself, is this gift edifying me? You have to ask yourself, is this gift edifying the people around me? Because we always trumps me when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit. The point the Apostle Paul was making is that when it comes to corporate gathering, we need to ask ourselves this question, am I edifying others? Or am I simply edifying myself? So, the Apostle Paul is saying that if something brings confusion, you are to, that you are to go with we versus me because clarity triumphs over confusion. If I were to speak in a language, if I were to come to you one Sunday morning to say, you know what, man... I just came back from Spain and I was worshiping God in Spain. It just felt so good to preach in Spanish and to worship God in Spanish. And I just, to me today, I just want to preach in Spanish. ¿Cuántos de los que están aquí hablan español? Levanta la mano si hablas español. Wow, man. Muchos habláis español, el lenguaje del cielo. Now, I could go on and speak in Spanish because I know Spanish, I love Spanish, I grew up in Spanish, but I want to tell you something. If you only speak English here, I could jump and shout in Spanish. I could give one of the greatest messages you've ever heard. It could be so profound, so full of God, so full of the Spirit, so insightful, so encouraging, but if you don't understand my language, you're going to sit there and get nothing out of it. Now, I may get a lot out of it, because it's edifying me. But if you don't understand the language that I'm speaking in, it doesn't edify you. And so I have to decide, am I gonna do it for me or am I gonna do it for you? And if I'm gonna do it for you, then I need to speak in a language that you understand. Hello, are you tracking with me here? This is Bold Steps Weekend, and you're listening to Pastor Mark Job. You can find us right here in your local radio station and also online at boldstepsweekend.org. Or you can listen to this program on TuneIn Radio or through your Alexa device. Just say, hey Alexa, play Bold Steps Weekend from Moody Radio, and then listen whenever and wherever it's convenient. You'll find more information for connecting at boldstepsweekend.org. While you're online, let me remind you to request your copy of our latest Bold Action Gift. Mark is here again to tell us more about it. All across the globe, Christians are enduring severe persecution for their faith. 
But in the intimate details of their story and the divinely woven aftermaths, God's glory is on full display. And if you want a current and comprehensive view of how Jesus is turning trial into triumph around the world, let us send you Todd Nettleton's newest book called When Faith is Forbidden. This bold action gift is a 40-day devotional that takes you on a journey through real accounts of modern-day persecution and the fascinating ways that God's mission is on the move. Through their persecution, these faithful Christians are displaying the power and the love of Christ. And we want their stories to encourage your own faith. So don't wait. Reach out today and request this inspiring bold action gift with your donation of any amount to Bold Steps Ministry. Again, the book is called When Faith is Forbidden, and we'd be happy to send you a copy today. All right, thank you, Mark. You can give your gift online at boldstepsweekend.org or call us at 866-535-5580. You can also send your donation through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Now, when you donate $30 or more each month, you'll gain access to our informative and encouraging bi-weekly email, The Bold Partner Post. And you'll also receive 50% off anything from Moody Publishers. Just a few of the ways we say thanks to our bold partners. So sign up today on our website. You'll find us at boldstepsweekend.org. And one last reminder before we go, don't forget to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly. It's free and delivered automatically to your inbox every Monday morning, and you can sign up easily on our website. The address again, boldstepsweekend.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd. On behalf of the entire team, have a great weekend. We'll see you next time for Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.